0: Welcome to the Evolvepreneur podcast channel, which is sponsored by evolvepreneur.biz, a new online community-based platform designed to help develop your skills and knowledge to be massively successful in this new digital age. Your host today is John North, who is a three-time number one international best-selling author and strategic marketer. John's passion is to help business owners to master the online marketing world. Welcome to the Evolve Entrepreneur podcast. Today we have John A. McCabe, who's a two-time best-selling author, a real estate investor and business consultant since 2004. He recently started a new Facebook Live TV show called The John, McCabe, John A. McCabe Show, geared towards authors, entrepreneurs, expert speakers and business owners. Thanks for coming on today, John. Thanks, John. Cool. Um, so I've, I've noticed your show come up on Facebook live and we had a bit of a chat with, um, um, Andy Falco just, uh, yesterday about Facebook live and stuff. So it's a good time to sort of talk about something, someone who's taken that to the next level in terms of doing their own show. Yeah. Um, so how did you get to where you were? Like what's your,
1: your kind of backstory? Uh, well, I'm not sure how far you want me to go back, but, uh, (laughs) I was born in, (laughs) I was born in Windsor, uh, Windsor, Nova Scotia, Canada, birthplace of hockey and, uh, you know, middle class family, went to university, failed out the first time, uh, went back to a different one uh, after a, a year's vacation and uh, went through and uh, actually still never finished, uh, but I ended up taking a, a, a corporate job. At, And uh, within three months, I was promoted to uh, operations manager for the company in the city of Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. And that's how I ended up in Alberta, Edmonton, Alberta. That was probably around 1997. I'm still in Alberta. And uh, uh, I continued in the corporate world. I changed from job to job. But around 2004, I, uh, I really had an entrepreneurial burning and there was something that I wanted to do. I recently had a a transformation in my life I had some people help me and I thought that uh, I could uh, you know we could create a business out of it online and so we actually started a nutritional consulting personal training business online I left my corporate gig started that business and ended up actually uh, shouldn't should never have left my corporate gig because I ended up taking a part-time job which ended up being a full-time 40 hour a week job but it was a uh, something where I really didn't have to uh, think too much so Uh, You know, I did that for a little while while I was building the business. Uh, Partnership things just didn't work out. But I ended up, uh, through that, I ended up meeting a a couple who owned a uh, sandblasting, industrial sandblasting and painting company. And once I went down and saw their operation, I said, "Uh, I believe I can help you uh, immensely. And so they hired me as a consultant. And uh, four and a half years later, I helped them grow from. $1.5 to $7 million by implementing processes, procedures, technology, hiring the right people for the right positions. And then uh, right around 2009, it was in 2009, so we were going through the recession uh, of 2007, 2008, and I was still working as a contractor. They had let a lot of their staff go. They were basically out of skeleton staff, and June 30th, of 2009. I was given my, or June 29th, 2009, I was given my one day notice. So then one I had day a, notice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's was like, what am I going to do now? I haven't had a job, like an actual job in seven or five, six years. I don't know what mm. I'm going to do. So, and I don't think anyone's going to hire a high price consultant in this economy. So I had just taken some real estate investing courses. I uh, basically had enough cash to get through three months. And, uh, one of the strategies I had just learned was called lease option, and there was a strategy in there called sandwich lease option where you can actually uh, lease the owner's home for two to three years as long as they give you the option to buy, turn around and find someone who doesn't qualify for a mortgage, put them in the home, B- basically act as the middleman. So it was very timely. I made uh, – within the first two months, I made – $5,000 and then $600 a month. And I continued to do that uh, for 24 months straight. I did a deal a month for 24 months. Ended up controlling over $10 million in real estate with no cash, no credit, no partners, making a six-figure-a-year income. And uh, had some partnership challenges that uh, ended up uh, not working out well for me again. And uh, Basically, I, I leased out my system, my marketing system. All of this was done because I, I'm an introvert by nature. I built a great marketing system, generates a ton of leads. So uh, I'm really well-known in that industry for mm-hmm. being able to generate a lot of leads. So, uh you know, fast forward to today, I'm still in the real estate investing space. And uh, I partnered with uh, my coach and mentor in the real estate space. And we've actually created a nationwide uh, Canadian wide rent own business. And I'm just responsible for the marketing component. And it's basically running on autopilot right now. So it wow. frees up some of my time. So I'm going back into the business consulting. But instead of the processes, procedures, and technology, because I've spent the last five to six years uh, studying marketing strategies, I'm now helping businesses, entrepreneurs in uh, the marketing mm-hmm. field. So, helping them do just what I did in my business, accelerate my authority really quickly, be able to attract a lot of attention, and get people to uh, come to them and want to do business with them. So, that's what I'm up to now. And that sort of uh, spurred the whole Facebook Live because I know there's a lot of Facebook's giving a lot of attention to their live shows right now, and it's a way that I can uh, reach a lot of uh, a greater number of people. And plus, it fits into my overall authority acceleration strategy. So well, that's sort of sure. where we're at today, which we'll get to in a minute, I reckon, because that's quite interesting.
0: So one thing you said in there, which is I hear a lot, and I've been through this myself, is partnerships. Yeah, and um, and I think most entrepreneurs don't necessarily play well with others anyway. Um, but I think the biggest challenge is, is that a lot of people, are, like I worked in a bank for 12 years nearly, and as soon as the, someone would come in to for a loan and say, oh, we just started this new partnership up and we're going to mortgage our homes, we're going to start this business, <laughs> the bank was, would put up a red flag. Yeah. Because as soon as they talk about, because the partnership's a bit like marriage, it's a honeymoon period where it's all lovey-dovey and everybody's happy. Yes. And then as time goes on, usually what happens is one of the partners doesn't do as much work as the other partner. Um, yes. Perceived, perception-wise, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. My, my particular partnership issue was, you know, he just basically took the foot off the accelerator and said, it's all yours. Um, and so I think, you know, what, based on the things you've done, like you've learned with partnerships, what do you think? most people should die, basically also, you know, most partnerships would never have been formed in the first place. But yeah. um, in terms of now what you've learned, what do you think is the main things you should think about before you start going in any sort of partnerships with people?
1: So the way that I approach uh, business relationship now is uh, almost like <laughs> I'm a single guy. So it's almost like I approach my actual <laughs> relationship. So um, plan. I'm planning, uh, I, I'm prepared to plan my divorce before I even meet the person. Yep. So that means, so uh, I am prepared to, if I'm going to enter into a partnership with a person, a business partnership, that we're actually, before we get too far down the road of the partnership, we're actually going to plan out the divorce first yep. Yep. and have everything laid out in black and white, how everything's going to be uh, sort of split up, uh, how we're going to resolve issues. Everything needs to be identified up front. Uh, and the divorce needs to be planned almost like a prenup so you know exactly what's going to take place before you even enter into the agreement. And that's usually called the unanimous shareholder's agreement here in Canada. Mm-hmm. So once you have that uh, in place and you're both very comfortable with it because, remember, you're in the honeymoon period, so we're both going to go into it uh yeah. and you're and you're and you're not going to be you're not going to be mad at each other all you're doing is just resolving a what-if situation and uh, Mm -hmm. that's what the Mm -hmm. the usa does it handles all the what-if situations that could arise in the partnership and that's how i uh, enter into all my partnerships now so i'm in one with my like i said my coach and my mentor he's somebody that uh you know i pretty much trust with my with my life so uh, you know, entering into a unanimous shareholder's agreement with him is, is very easy. If I enter into any other partnerships with anybody else in the future, it will it will go the same route. You know, let's mm, plan the mm. divorce before we even start anything because I want to be crystal clear. I want you to protect it, you to be protected from me, and I want to be protected from you.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, basically, as long as we do what we say we're going to do, it's going to be great. The problem is that uh, people forget what they said they were going to do.
0: <laughs> yeah, or well, they get their fantasies mixed up with their capabilities. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, absolutely. I mean, I, I think it's, I've gone down the similar path whenever we've done a partnership arrangement. I did one a, a, probably a couple of years ago, and we spent probably more time on the termination side of it. I think there's only two things that are in agreements that matter, is termination and how much. Yeah. So whether that's a rate you're getting or royalties you're getting or what's going on, but the money and the and the termination are the key main things because sooner or later that contract will terminate. It might be terminate well, it might terminate badly, but at the end of the day it's going to terminate. Yes. Something's going to happen. Someone, you know, worst case they're going to die, you know, at the end of the day. So something's going to happen and that contract's not forever. Right. And I think, yeah, it's very important to think about that and I think a lot of people don't do that and I, I see a lot of scenarios where they get into partnerships and then, becomes a nightmare and and again stops them from growing because they've now got someone they've got to get rid of. That now owns half their business even. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I've
1: walked walked away from, uh, basically walked away from two, three years worth of uh, all the real estate deals that I did. And so basically I I had no revenue for probably the last two to three years because I just ended up walking away. I wasn't really getting any, um, you know, I, I didn't set it up properly and uh so that was sort of the last straw right i didn't set it up properly i didn't have control i didn't have uh you know what i needed to do to protect myself and it's like okay well i'm not gonna i'm not gonna fight about it i'm not gonna you know you would just waste more money fighting about it than anything else so i'm just gonna you know pretty much forget about it unless Mm. i talk about it like this but Mm. i pretty much forget about it move on and uh, do other things
0: I think it's a learning lesson. I think if you, if you learn it and say, hey, uh, don't, don't do that again. I mean, I, I've got a couple of stories about million-dollar mistakes that I've made. And, and so at the end of the day, I think at the end, of, you've got to look at it and go, well, don't do that again yeah. or learn from it. And when you do do it again, make sure you know you know what's going to happen. So I think that's that's important. Exactly. So with your show, um, one of the things that intrigued me was that the concept of creating authority, which yes. is something you mentioned before, but also it seems like you're on a, a fairly um, – Horrendous, if you like, uh, content creation run. Like I think you say you do the show every day.
1: I'm doing it five days a week and it's scheduled to run for uh, upwards of uh, 100 days. So however many uh, weeks, it's around 15 weeks in 100 days, give or take 14, 15 weeks. So, so that's roughly around 75 shows. So I yeah. plan on doing 75 shows um, between now and December.
0: And how long's the show's run for usually? About uh, an hour or? each show is an hour, right? So seventy-five give take, hours,
1: give or, give or take a couple minutes.
0: So in my little calculation here: it's seventy-five hours. So um, in an hour, you can speak maybe twenty thousand words. So, okay. <laughs> so basically, that's that's um, one point five million words, if my math is right. <laughs> wow! Um, I'm a millionaire. You're a millionaire. <laughs> but you can't con- well, you theoretically can convert words to money, like when you yeah. write, publish a book, right? Exactly. <laughs> wow. So, w- why so many shows? Is that is is that because you want to create a lot of content, um, or is no? It's
1: it's a very it's a very specific strategy that I have. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I've developed what I call the authority acceler- uh, authority acceleration formula, as well as the authority acceleration blueprint. So the formula goes like this. It's 1, 10, 100. Right. So what those numbers represent is the, the number one represents for every one hour of content created. Yep. So the average, you know, when I work with my private clients, typically I'm just asking them for, for one hour of content a week. Mm-hmm. Me, I'm doing five hours a week. Yep. So just one hour Which of content doesn't seem that w- much, really,
0: when you think about no. that, it.
1: But when you get to the next part of the formula, the ten, it's it becomes quite substantial because for every one hour of content you create, you need to spend ten hours on distribution and engagement. So that right. means that you're going to distribute your content throughout the internet world on a lot of different platforms and a lot of different mediums, and you're going to engage with people on all of those platforms, generate a- uh, attention. Uh, you know, communicate with people that are in the similar interests and really work on building your following. So for every one hour of content, 10 hours of engagement and distribution. And you need to do that for 100 days Mm -hmm. consecutively. Mm -hmm. So if that means if you're doing one hour of content a week, you're going to do a total of 15 hours of content. So uh, and then every week you're going to spend 10 hours of time on the uh, distribution as well as the engagement so that's that, 50
0: hours essentially that you, you create 5 hours worth of content that's now 50 hours worth of work essentially
1: of right, for the, just the distribution and the mm-hmm. engagement but there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that is going into getting the uh, content into different formats for me to actually be able to distribute it and engage people mm-hmm. so if you want me to I'll just explain what I do with one yeah. single hour Okay. So I take that one hour of video on Facebook Live, and I download it. And then uh, it's sent to uh, an outsourcer, and the one outsourcer actually chops it up into as many different segments that make sense as possible. So right now I'm getting anywhere from uh, four to ten different segments in a one-hour show. hmm so each one of those becomes a piece of con- a, an extra piece of content. So then the video itself gets tr- – the whole video gets transcribed. That transcription goes to my writer. My writer then creates – is going to create two blog articles based on that content. Mm-hmm. Now, these are not your typical blog articles that you would read like in a publication. These blog articles are designed specifically – they're copywritten – with the sole purpose of getting people to take action, so there's embedded links, there's through uh, like subtle calls to action throughout the blogs continuously. Right, and yeah. and then uh, what else do we have? Oh, the uh, the actual video itself gets edited down into a, uh, a a good version, which will actually be used for a video podcast. Then once we have that really good edited version of the video for the podcast will extract the audio and now we have an audio podcast and then what we're doing with that one hour show is we're creating a minimum four social uh, tweets or posts or whatever around that one show uh, that's what that particular outsourcer is doing so when they actually get me the, all that stuff back that's when I start my 10 hours of Okay, I've got all this stuff now, all these pieces, all these different videos, all these blogs, all these social tweets and graphics on Instagram and Pinterest and stuff. Now I start my 10 hours of distributing and engaging on all of that stuff, cross-channel marketing, taking people from one platform to another. So if it's on Twitter, I'm taking them from Twitter and driving them to either YouTube to watch my video or or to my website to watch the podcast or or the uh, or read the blog. So we're I'm using a cross-channel uh, strategy, right? Oh, yeah. And this uh, so all of this content gets distributed all over the internet world. I'm engaging people. I'm distributing it, and I'm, gen- I'm you know building building authority. I'm building uh, you know followers. I'm engaging with people, and I'm. I'm uh, you know, finding people with like interests and really getting connected with them. And on the shows themselves, I'm picking people that have uh, some sort of authority already or some sort of influence and they have a following already. So I get to borrow from their authority, their influence. So I'm attracting new people to my show because they want to watch the guests that I'm bringing on. Right. And that yeah. helps me build my platform even bigger. It mm-hmm. helps me grow my authority even wider. So all of this is a very specific strategy, um, a very complex strategy used sure. that yeah. within – oh, and the the one thing I, I – I can't believe I missed this. So out of this content as well, all the transcriptions mm-hmm. – uh, not only will i have two different podcasts but i'll also have a at least one if not multiple books within this 100 days and of course john you and i both know the strategy to become a number one best selling author so yep. as many books as i can pump out i will mm. be a number one best selling author you know that many times over wow. so so it's really about and a lot of it is what i'm doing is helping entrepreneurs business owners authors expert speakers get seen get noticed get heard on Anywhere, any device, anytime uh, with only 15 hours of their time commitment. So if my, my private clients, for example, they commit 15 hours to me and then I do all the rest or my team does all the rest yep. as far yep. as putting it all together. And over the, the course of 100 days, we explode all that information, get them a number one best selling author, podcasts, mm-hmm. uh, all of that stuff, and they've just basically created giving me 15 hours of their time and then we do the rest
0: wow so where's the 100 come in? that's essentially a borrowing off that authority on that once you actually get that um, content out uh
1: i actually i was doing it in uh 90 days but it didn't really work for my for i, I like for my formula the 110 mm-hmm. 100 mm-hmm. it just made it sound so much better if it was yes. 100 versus 90 yeah, yeah. so it's like okay, a, ten, so it's, it's, a it's almost like a 10x each time right
0: right yes so you can do you see the next number is gonna be a thousand right
1: <laughs> <laughs> so basically what I'm doing is not the 110, 10 100 I'm, well I am but I'm multiplying that by five so right. five yeah. hours of content which means 50 hours of uh, distribution and engagement and I'm still doing it for a hundred days.
0: That's fantastic, because I think one thing that I, um, I saw the other day, which is I, I, I've told it a few times now, is that um, people sort of overestimate what they can get done in a day, yep. but they underestimate what they can get done in a year. Right. And I think that's part of the problem is what you're doing here is you're saying, look, it doesn't to take you a lot of time, but it's going to take your time over time. Yes. So you don't have to say, look, I have to do five hours today. No, I can I can do hour 5 hours over a week. So if yeah. an hour a week surely surely you can dedicate an hour a week to something. Yeah. If you can't well then you're probably not serious at all, right? The
1: biggest the biggest key to this piece and and I'm very open and transparent about uh, my formula and bas- I did a show today actually where I I walked people through how you you do it the seven different components of my formula mm-hmm. and how it mm-hmm. actually done, gets done. Uh, the biggest piece that's going to be for any entrepreneur that wants to do this is they're going to have to fire or hire uh, the team of outsourcers or mm-hmm. assemble a team of outsourcers that yep. can do this for them. And that's going to be, that is the biggest key or the biggest challenge because I've worked very hard over the last five or six years to get some outsourcers and be able to put together a team that I'm comfortable enough that I can actually do this.
0: Because yeah, one of the biggest dangers would be to think you're going to do all this yourself. Yes. Because then that you'll get sick of it really fast.
1: Yeah, it's not, it's never going to happen. So uh, I'm okay with doing the, the, the content up front as long as I have the team behind me that can mm. do the writing, that can do the video editing, that can do the graphics, that can uh, do all the posts on all the different social media platforms. And all I need to do is just go on and interact with them and uh, do that. that. Then, yeah, mm. I can handle that.
0: Mm. Okay. Makes sense. So – so what happens after the the seventy five shows? Do you then continue to make shows, or do you, you cut it well, back to once a week or something? Or yeah, what, so
1: yeah, the next year, what I'm actually what the plan is, uh, I'm going right up till December one, and mm-hmm. then uh, during this time frame, I'm going to be uh, interviewing and accepting mm-hmm. only ten people for a beta launch starting in the new year, mm-hmm. and that beta launch will start sometime at the end of January. So then I will actually transition instead of me doing the five hours a week. I'm actually going to be working with the beta clients and helping them produce their one hour a week. And I can uh, actually do it remotely. I can do all of the uh, stuff remotely and basically either just Skype them in or bring them in and, and make them. We can still run the production here. Uh at my studio and just have them on camera and they could be the main person on camera or we can bring in uh, multiple people Mm -hmm. and the my client never has to know how to use any of the techie stuff all he has to do is figure out how to Skype so if he can get on Skype I can feed it in and and run the feed and run the switching and run all of the uh, uh, the software here so instead of me doing the show Uh, What I'll be doing is I'll be working with my private clients, helping them create their content Mm -hmm. uh, for the beta, for the 10 beta clients. So if you think about it, that's uh, 10 hours worth of content I'll be helping create. And then my team will help uh, put together, uh, you know, do all of the uh, repurposing of it so that uh, within the 100 days that we're able to deliver uh, all the content out to the Internet world for them.
0: Wow. And so, um, one of the things that I guess you know, that's, that I've seen a long time is like, I'm guessing that you when you started this whole thing off, it wasn't perfect. That it was, um, you know, it probably had
1: hairs on it along the way. <laughs> oh, um, have you, I guess, have you, I obviously, you haven't watched any of the first episodes. I've been, <laughs> I've been on there, and you know what? I'm, I'm a firm believer in uh, production before perfection shoot, then aim. So, yep. it's apologize like, later. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I was like, ah. Uh, I'm going to start a Facebook live show. I I think I just decided and the next day, it's like, um, yeah, it's like, oh, okay, I'm going to start a Facebook live show and uh, I'm just going to put it on and uh, I didn't even have the full concept. I was just, I didn't even have this authority acceleration thing in my mind. I kind of had, it in my mind but it really wasn't formulated yet and it's like mm-hmm. i'm just going to start this show so i started the show and you know, there's times in the show when i've got a guest on and you can't hear the guest or you can't hear me <laughs> or you can't see somebody or yep. you know we're going on and i'm thinking things are great and like nobody can hear anything and so i've got shows like half the shows people can't hear me or can't hear the guest and or we have bad feet or i just can't do the show because You know the technology crashes or something. It's like ah whatever, so I'll just start it again tomorrow.
0: Yeah, I mean the end of the day, one thing about this whole thing is you can always get a do-over, right? You can always do
1: that interview again if you have to. People don't people they understand they know that you know because I tell people I'm not perfect. Mm -hmm. You know I failed I failed a lot and I'm I'm getting more open with and being more transparent with all of my failures. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I'm not a failure as a person, just that things that I've tried in the past have failed. I've had failed business partnerships. um, And I've, I've been, you know, a lot of times I haven't really wanted to disclose those because I want people to think that I have, you know, I'm pretty successful and things like that. But, you know, anybody that has any level of success has uh, Ten, a hundred times more failures behind them, mm. because that's how they get to the success that they're at. So, anyone Absolutely. that's going to start mm-hmm. anything, it doesn't matter. Just get it started. Yeah, uh, you know, I talked about this on today's show. Is uh, when I talk to you know people who are going to be my potential clients, and I say, you know, we're going to be doing the video, and you know, hundred plus objections come up about you know being on camera it's like well i'm not fit enough <laughs> i'm not fit enough i don't think i'm good looking enough i mm-hmm. and this or that or whatever you sit there and what if yourself to death is like uh, you know i i know exactly how they feel because i felt the same way when i first got started because i'm overweight and you know i'm an average looking guy and whatever but it it really doesn't matter. At the end of the day, people don't really care. They just care that you're gonna be able to deliver value and content that Mm. relates to them. Because really people only care about themselves. So what's in it for them? And
0: they're probably worried they probably feel better that they're not the ones having to do the show it's you. Yeah, (laughs)
1: exactly. (laughs) But that's what separates the people that uh, position themselves with authority from those that don't. Because if you're not willing to, to get on camera, to do podcasts, uh, to do this kind of stuff, to, to create the book, if you're not willing to do that, you're never going to accelerate your authority.
0: Mm-hmm. You're going to stay mm-hmm. in the
1: background, you're going to stay where nobody's going to know you. These are the things that you need to do or that you should do in order to – if you want to grow your authority and you want to be recognized in your industry as a leader, as somebody that – if you don't want to chase business, you want business chasing you and you want to have the freedom, the options in life and be able to make choices, then you need to do this – implement these kinds of strategies in order to – Uh, elevate your authority and get to a position where clients are just coming to you and you, you you either decide to you know expand bring on new team members leverage other but everybody else's time leverage technology and then you know start leveraging your money by investing it in other things that's how you get the true freedom and as an entrepreneur we all want freedom options and choices that's why we went into this business
0: Mm, and very rarely does that happen unless you have that mindset? because I see a lot of people end up just working harder and harder for less and less.
1: They just bought themselves a job or created yeah. themselves a job. That's really well, all they've well, done. Even
0: worse than that, an unpaid job, <laughs> you know, a low-paid job.
1: I've, I've been there too. It's like yeah. I'm still you know, there's still times when it's like, oh, the pay isn't that great, but you know what? It's, uh, you do stuff, it's consistent persistence you mm. have to do things consistently persistently and it's the small steps that you take every single day that add up to that mile to that 10 miles mm. you know you don't you don't take a mo- one mile step at a time it's like one step at a time but it's all those accumulated steps over time that's going to get you to where you want to be hence why the authority acceleration formula is over 100 days but it's doing the individual things every single day you know the content creation and then uh, repurposing it and then the engagement piece where you're doing one to two hours of engagement every single day to get your 10 hour, at least 10 hours of engagement a week. So it's that little things that you're doing every single day, every single day that it's going to add up to get you to your end goal.
0: I think it's one of the stories I, I saw. Um, I don't even know where I saw it and I don't, can't even remember the name of the person but she decided to write a blog every day about what she was going to cook. And and she wrote um, one blog every day that she had this meal and is what she did to cook it. And the only person that was following her blog was her mother. And and then sort of like it took about 30 days and suddenly other people are following it and then a few more people are following it. And then suddenly it just kept on growing and growing and she's done it, did it for like a year, every day for a year. And eventually she had famous people coming to dinner with her. Um, She eventually ended up taking all that content and created a cookbook, then became an authority on, on food. Yes. Um, after a year and so that's the reality is content over time you know is where you get your results it's not like you just create 10 10 blogs tomorrow and then leave it and hope for the best it's about over time creating that that humongous amount of content which is basically what you've that's done right. you know i'd be guessing but it'd have to be like you know at least hundreds of thousands of viable words maybe even like a million words that you're going to create in that in that process
1: so um you know if i continued on instead of Deciding to take on private clients and get in and uh, help them create their authority, then yeah, I would continue on with my show doing five days a week, and within that within that year, I am quite confident that I would have elevated my authority to, uh, you know, to a position that I probably can't even fathom right now.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because if you put that amount of content out, you're going to get something back for sure. And like, it's just natural, natural mathematics, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Well, just look at the uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, for example. Yes, the amount true. of content yeah. that he puts out, yes. uh, And the engagement that he does. So he was actually one of the influencers in when I was creating my formula and creating my strategy. He's one of the key influencers that I thought about when it's like, okay, well, um, you know, I thought about how I how I did it for my own business in the real estate space because I was extremely, uh, you know, successful in creating, uh, getting, capturing leads and getting opportunities. So, you know, it's the the exact same thing. I'm just doing it the exact, doing a lot of the same things. But Mm. then taking that piece of, oh, creating more content, being more engaging, sort of that Gary Vaynerchuk sort of idea Mm. and bringing that into sort of my model. And that's where the... Uh, the ten hours of uh distribution engagement came from because he had once uh, I had heard him say once that he never put a number to uh the difference between the content creation and the distribution. He just said you need to spend more time. On distribution and engagement than you do mm. creating content, and mm. it's really the reverse. People spend more time trying to create content Agonizing. and oh. almost no no time on engagement mm. and really on distribution. They're probably so, too tired
0: by then, you know. They spend so much creative energy getting that initial content right that then yeah. you know they've got the time and or I, effort to go for it. And one
1: thing I want to just for for my own um, sake that uh, even though I'm just I'm doing five hours of uh, the show is just one hour a day, five days a week. Uh, because I do everything myself, so I have to—I get my own clients or I get my mm-hmm. own interviews. I uh, have to get all the information from them. I have to, you know, create some sort of script or some sort of plan or questions or, you know, really know what I'm talking about. Get into their business a little bit. So that one hour a day really actually works out to be somewhere between six and eight hours a day Separation, for that one-hour yeah. show.
0: Mm. Well, I was watching a Facebook Live one. Uh, she's a Canadian comedian, and she was talking on Facebook Live then and She was saying that she puts a show out every, you know, does videos every so often, so I don't think it's necessarily regular, but she does. And the videos probably only last five or ten minutes. Yeah. And she said that she spends about three days on that, preparing for that. Yeah, and so um, and so, I think that's the thing that people you know don't realise that you do need to prepare for it. I think preparation is probably better than than trying to fix it up later. Because um, another thing that I had that was in the software game that's pretty similar to entrepreneurship is leading edge is bleeding edge. So yeah. in some cases, to be in the marketplace and and like some of these guys really stand out because they're actually on the bleeding edge of of the technology or bleeding edge of the theory. And if you're first in the market with that kind of thing, that's where you're going to get that recognition yes. rather than trying to be a follower and just reproduce someone else's content because at the end of the day, you know, I saw a good thing saying that you're a you, you consumer or a creator. If you're going to just consume content, then really you're not going to 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 make much of a difference. But if you start creating content of your own, then it's, that's the best value that you're ever going to create.
1: And everything that I'm uh, creating, uh, you know, outside the show, the show, the... There is a little bit of a call to action sometimes during the show, but all of the stuff that gets uh, repurposed it is all done with a marketer's mindset mm-hmm. and everything is going to have calls to action in it. Everything is designed to uh, take the, the reader, the viewer, the listener, uh, get them to take some kind of an action. Uh, you know, to get on the list or to go to the website so you can get them pixeled either with Facebook or Google so you can retarget them later because it's all about uh, the biggest thing with what I'm doing is you have to have your end in mind. You have to know what your end goal is. Mm-hmm. So I knew what my end goal was before I started, even started the show. My end goal was uh, you know, uh, getting high-end private clients that want uh, this type of help. That want somebody that can actually uh, manage something like this. that looks after something like this, where all they have to do is just uh, they <laughs> show show up with confidence and co- and competence mm. and speak for an hour. Mm. So I already knew what my goal was. I already knew what my uh, what my offer is going to be. It's a high end uh, coaching session where and done for you services. So it's going to be complete. It's going to be high end. So I know that going into this. So I already know what the end result's going to be. So all of the stuff that when we are creating it is all going to have calls to action that are going to lead people down the garden path to eventually coming to the conclusion that, one, if they want to do this themselves, well, great. There's going to be a, a, a course for that, that they can take a course and learn how mm-hmm. to do it all themselves. Mm-hmm. Or if they just want to uh, you know, become a private client or, or get involved in a mastermind, that those are going to be available options as well.
0: So interesting thing you said there, um, which is something that I've sort of like had started looking at lately, and I'm, we're doing with Evolve Entrepreneur. Actually, we run a beta. We're going to run a beta members um, test run. And one of the things that a lot of people don't realize is that you don't have to create a product and then try and sell it. Get no. people involved at at the point of getting into the idea. Get out there and sell the product early, even before it even becomes a product, and then plant, plant invo- the seed. And you, Plant the seed, and if you get reactions from people and go, "Oh, yeah, I'd really love to do that," well, then you can always get enough people together to pay you to basically create the content. That's right. As opposed to the other way around, where you create the content and then go and try and market, and realize that nobody's actually interested because you never tested it.
1: Yeah, and that's one of the key pieces. You know, in uh, in my process that I talk about, then uh, is even before I can, you know, I decided I was going to do this. Uh, go down this avenue and I, whenever I talk to go to these marketing conferences you and I've been in the same one several times and we talk to people about who they're uh, selling their products to and I know you've had private clients or, or coaching mm. clients or mm. you know people doing their book and you know so who's your uh, you know who's your target target market or whatever and the worst thing and people say it all the time oh my product or service or solution is good for everybody. Yes, that is the worst thing. So You're very nothing first to nobody thing, now. <laughs> yeah. So the very first thing is Rick, that I'm very uh, working with the clients, the private clients on is that uh, we get crystal. We need to be crystal clear on who your avatar is, who your ideal target market is, understanding what their pains, fears, frustrations, or ambitions are, and a lot of that stuff you actually have to do surveys or get the information from them, because. From all of that information, as a marketer, you're going to be able to frame your solution that speaks directly to that ideal target market because you're going to know what resonates with them. You're going to know what those pains, fears, frustrations, or ambitions are. You're going to be able to uh, frame your solution around a lot of that stuff so that when you're – when the ideal target market is reading the copy or they're watching the video or whatever, that they're going to think that you are speaking directly to them. That's how Mm -hmm. tight you want to get into uh, who your ideal target market is. And so when we're, when I'm working with the private clients, that's the first thing I go into is because if you don't know who your target market is, because I always start this thing with what is the end in mind? What is your offer? What is your pitch? So We need to know what your offer or pitch is because you have to have, you need to know who your ideal target market is so you know what the desired outcome is going to be. And then what are the benefits that that person wants to receive to get that desired outcome? So if you don't know your ideal target market, you can't create that copy that's going to lead them down the garden path to buy your stuff at the end.
0: Exactly. and I think it's interesting I particularly with like coaches and people like that when you speak to them who are trying to coach everyone and I and I always say to them so what what keeps your customer awake at night what do they wake up in the morning and go my god I've got to go do this yeah and I'm certainly sure it's not go get a coach <laughs> yeah. you know it's not what they wake up and say I oh, must get a coach no they're worried about cash flow they're worried about you know something like oh, I need a new website or they you know, they're worried about something that you're not thinking about you're thinking about the outcome you know, in terms of coaching, but they're not thinking that they don't even no. know the, the answer to that question.
1: No, they don't even think that the coach is the answer for their problem. They have a specific problem. And a lot of times when you're dealing with coaches, it's uh, they don't have enough clients or they don't or they're having trouble attracting clients or it's usually around with a lot of entrepreneurs, uh, authors, expert speakers, coaches. It's all the same thing. Mm. Uh, they they aren't getting enough clients or they aren't getting enough money. Uh, it usually revolves around that. So you know, their desired outcome, everyone's desired outcome as an entrepreneur, I believe, is that they want freedom, options, and choices. Yes. So what's going to get them those freedoms, op- options, and choices? Well, one of the first steps as an entrepreneur is you need to have an abundance of paying clients who are willing to pay you what your fees are. Yes. So until you get to the point where you have an overabundance, you have more people than you can handle, that's all generally going to be what a lot of entrepreneurs are are up at night worrying about is I don't have the money to pay the mortgage. I need to find more clients. You know, it's just not working. Like, how am I going to get more people? I need an extra thousand dollars this month. Where's that going to come from? So a lot of times that's what keeps them up at night. So you have to exactly. mm. get to uh, you know their desired income is they want that freedom, options, and choices. So, what benefits are they going to get along that journey that you can give them if they buy your product, service, or solution? Exactly. So you mm. you know you need to solve that their problem because every business is really nothing but a problem solver. It doesn't matter what type of industry you're in; the businesses are created to pro to solve problems. You know mm. they they create. Clothing to solve the problem of people need to wear clothes. That's right. They create hamburgers
0: s- for people who want to eat food. Right.
1: That's right. So <laughs> you're basically solving a, uh, somebody's problem or, or or an ambition. Even you know they want mm. nice clothes. So okay, well they, their ambition is to have nice clothes. So they want the high end. You know the Gucci's and uh, I don't know. I'm not a. I'm not a label guy, so I don't know what the high-end clothing is. So. Sometimes
0: labels, you don't even know they're labels, right? You're looking at them and think, is that a label?
1: <laughs> so it's really you know getting crystal clear on your, on your target market and uh, knowing that the desired outcomes and what benefits. So again, it goes back to uh, knowing your offer and pitch, knowing your client, because you need to know that well in advance before you start the road of creating content, because a lot of it you want to steer people uh, or plant the seeds that an offer, you know, that there is going to be an offer coming. You don't tell them that there's going to be an offer coming, but you're planting Mm -hmm. the seeds over and over and over Mm -hmm. that uh, you can help them with their desired outcome. You can, these are the benefits they will receive, uh, you know, with your solution. So it, it drives people to that, taking that action of buying your products or services, I believe.
0: And I think that I basically term that the customer journey, that they yep. need to, to map out the customer journey to start with. So, you know, what problems are you solving? When are you going to solve these problems and when are you going to make your offer? And yes. I think that that's the biggest thing that I see a lot of cases when you go to landing pages is that they haven't, the websites, they haven't thought about solving any problems. They haven't thought about the call to action. When some people say, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> as soon as they say that, what is that? You know, they are in trouble because they haven't thought about What's going to happen next? What's the yeah. What's the customer going? To, oh, no, they're just going to send me money. Well, they're not. They're not going to no. just stoke up their credit card online because you have some wonderful words about how wonderful you are, or, or that sort of thing. They're going to They're going to check you out. They're going to go through your site if they're that keen. Otherwise, you're probably gone in seven seconds anyway.
1: Yeah, and one of the challenges uh, in dealing with people like that, from the standpoint of offering them services to help them with their business, is. Uh, you, you almost have to educate them first mm-hmm. about, um, you know, what they need to have in order to attract the people. So if you're, if you don't have these uh, pieces mm-hmm. To your, you know, your client attraction model, then there's a big. That's a big reason why you actually aren't attracting clients because they come to your web page and there's nothing to keep them there. There's nothing to get their attention. There's no way for them. There's nothing that calls, asks them to take action.
0: Mm, mm, exactly, and I think that's uh, the key tier to the whole thing. So, and you said something very important there was that you know before you go in to start creating this content, get clear about who you're talking to and what you're talking about. Yes. Um, Because then otherwise you will confuse your own marketplace, which is typically what happens. You know, if you're confused, you know, they're probably very confused.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. So um, I'm very, you know, when I start my show every day, I I basically uh, let everybody know who's the show for. So basically, if you don't fall in the category of author or entrepreneur, business owner, author, expert, speaker, if you don't fall in that realm, then chances are the show isn't for you. Mm, because we help yeah. we help people accelerate their authority, um, you know basically helping them to reach that freedom uh, and have choices and options so
0: but it 's funny though, in some cases where um, something you say sometimes can motivate someone to do something that you would never have thought of, yes. and, and I think one of the most rewarding things is when someone comes back and you says, "Look, you know I, I heard you say this, and I went and did, and I created this business, so I went and did this thing, and this is what happened, you think." Well, that was probably just a fairly innocent statement that you said, yeah. but someone took it on board and did it. So I think sometimes when people, it's not the complex stuff you say, it's the simple stuff you say that needs to be done that people forget. Yeah. And, and a lot so, of times yeah.
1: they, they people get overwhelmed or overcomplicated with like too much information, mm. Mm. Uh, too mm. much, you know, they're uh, taking five different courses at once and, uh, You know, not implementing any of them. (laughs) They're just (laughs) (laughs) seminar junkie and just taking courses, and really nothing's ever getting done other than. Uh, draining their bank account. Exactly. And,
0: and, and, the, and the implementation is the key, I think. If you're not implementing stuff and, and trying stuff, then you're really going to, to end up being a consumer of, of information products, which is quite perfectly fine for the guys that are selling it, yep. um, but not necessarily great for you if you're not actually implementing and making a start.
1: And it goes back to what you were talking about earlier, John, is the... Uh, um, production before perfection don't be afraid to just get out there and implement some stuff Mm, and mm. take some massive action and who cares if it doesn't work out you know if it doesn't work out you've actually learned something well the reality is
0: yeah i mean if you if you podcast on facebook live and and then puts a video on your own facebook page and you're not happy with it just delete it yeah like nobody's ever going to see it again because you know the reality is is unless they actually sat there and recorded it which they're not going to bother with yeah, that that content's gone you know nobody's gonna you know maybe five people saw it they're not gonna necessarily remember it so um, so what
1: what I discovered early on doing my first few shows is there was no script there was no there was no plan there was no nothing It was like I'll mm-hmm. just turn the camera on and I'll just talk for a while and um you, I actually, you run out of stuff to talk about. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> like I was just talking like about every, anything and everything, and saying, like, "Well, there's no really structure to this. I think I better, you know, create a structure." I didn't stop doing it. Mm. I just, I just sort of. Uh, make it better every single time. It's like, oh, okay, I better have a structure. I better, you know, do it so that, uh, my editor can actually chop it up. So I need to have, it. <laughs> need, need to have starting points on a regular basis and I need to interact with the group and I need to do it, do some shout outs. And so there's a lot of things that I'm implementing and changing, you know, every, almost every week, every episode, uh, just to make the show better to So that it's going to, the end result is going to be so much better by the time i'm you know do my 75th episode you know i really have a a system down uh you know the team will be streamlined so much we'll just be churning things out uh over and over and over and that's really what i'm looking forward to just because i'm done my 75th episode Mm -hmm. during the months of december and january because right now they're about a month behind me uh you know they're as far as the content goes, so they have, they're just still starting on the first week of content. So it's going to take them basically a week to do the week's worth of stuff. Mm. So, mm. you know, the next week they should, there should start to be some stuff rolling out and then whatever. But uh, once I get to the end of November, then the month of December and January, I'm still doing the uh, distribution and the engagement and, Right now I'm just doing the live stuff, but all of that other stuff will follow me, you know, so it's tailing. So even though I'm stopping at the 100 days, I'm still going to have another 60 days worth of work to do Mm. because because I'm leading, you know, the the live show is just leading the way. Mm. But then you've got all the trailing, you know, repurposed content that's following along. And that's where the uh, engagement and the distribution comes into play.
0: Okay, so in the terms of call to action, um, you know, tell us a little bit about what the websites they should go to or where they should go to sort of connect to you and find out more about what you do.
1: Uh, sorry, John, you, you cut out there for a second.
0: Sorry, so um, in terms of uh, call to action, yes. Um, what you, what's your website address or the best way to get in contact with you to see what you're doing and, and you know, well, maybe connect with you?
1: I'd love to have you... Uh to like the, uh, like the Facebook page because that's where you're going to get the live show every single day, mm-hmm. and that is uh, facebook.com backslash the John Anthony McCabe.
0: Anthony McCabe, yep.
1: So I will uh, – uh, John will have the correct spelling or the link. So if you want to go there, that would be great. Also, if you want to connect uh, at the website, you can go to uh, www.johnamccabe.com. Right, cool. And of course, I've got Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn and Snapchat and Instagram. Choose your own adventure, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So if you if you join one, there's a good chance I'm going to try to. Convince you to join something else. Yeah, that's right. Add, add up,
0: you know, do, do the whole thing. I mean, that's the thing. If you can get someone to follow you on Facebook and then follow you on Twitter, well, then you've doubled your uh, your, your followers almost overnight, right?
1: Yeah. And then you get them into LinkedIn and you, you mm-hmm. just – it's the, the cross-channel marketing that, you know, uh, we both followed Mike Ko- Koenigs and he actually mm-hmm. came up with that term that's – and that term is actually starting to utilize a little bit more now. Um, you know, I've heard Gary Vaynerchuk say it in the in the last uh, month or two, that actual term of cross-channel marketing. And I'm, I've never heard it before, Mike Koenigs. And he had that, mm-hmm. I think two, three years ago, he had a product called cross-channel marketing.
0: Yes, yeah, so that sunk in. Yeah, it's interesting how some keywords will sort of come out of nowhere and then somebody will adopt it. And suddenly it's become, you know, the standard kind of thing. I mean, you see… You know, likes of Jeff Walker and that sort of stuff with the sideways sales letter or the three video stuff and then suddenly everybody's doing it so I think you can be um, you can be a world leader in something if you come up with something and push out the content and then people are going to start paying attention
1: that's right Mm.
0: okay well coming up to the hour so I'm going to um, finish up today that's really great it was interesting information I think it's it's great to kind of speak to someone who's prepared to have a go um, and, and you know Basically, but at the end of the day, you know, you're smart. You're creating a content around it. You've got a plan. And I think that's a great thing to see.
1: Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for coming on. No, thank you very much, John. It was such a pleasure.
0: You've just been listening to another great Evolvepreneur podcast interview. We hope you enjoyed it. Please visit evolvepreneur.biz today to find out more about our online community and how you can take part.